You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. More to talk about in the NBA playoffs. Two great games last night. Two great storylines that are happening. More injuries happening in the NBA playoffs. It's crazy. We're going to get to that. We're going to talk a little bit about the trade that happened. Aaron Rodgers finally traded in the NFL. And what were the Green Bay Packers thinking? We'll talk about that. And we're going to talk about a little bit of baseball. Two things. The Tampa Bay Rays are rolling yet again. And Shohei Otani is just flat out stupid. Like, what he's doing, if he was on any major market team or a team that anyone actually cared about, he'd be headline news. Have you seen his statistics this year? Pitching? Holy shit. We'll get to that momentarily. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. So let's start in the NBA. Two games last night, two great games last night. The Miami Heat. What in the hell is happening here? 119-114 over Milwaukee. They trail by 11. What, 5, 7? They trail by 11 going into the fourth, and they outscore the Milwaukee Bucks 41-25. They win by 5. Jimmy Butler drops 56 on the Heat and only hit three three three-pointers. I mean... That's ridiculous numbers. He was 19 of 28 from the field. He was 15 of 18 from the free throw line. He had nine rebounds. And you can't even say, well, it was Giannis' first game back. Milwaukee was tight. Giannis put up a triple-double, 26-10 and 13. He was 12 of 22 from the field. He did Giannis things all night long. He did turn the ball over six times. But, jeesh, the Milwaukee Bucks are in a complete free fall right now because I'm I don't I'm doing this off the top of my head. I could be forgetting. But there haven't been many 8-1 upsets in NBA history. I remember when I was in college, the Nuggets beat the Sonics. But that was a best of 5. I remember in the strike shortened season, the Knicks beat the Heat in the 5th game, but that was a 50 game regular season. So the Knicks really weren't a true eight seed. I'm trying to think of any other eight one upsets in the NBA. I could be forgetting, but one that definitely I know about happened here in Dallas. And that was a 67 win Mavericks team, 67 and 15 lost in the first round to a golden state warriors team that just outplayed them and outcoached them. And That was an 8-1 upset. That was probably the biggest upset in NBA playoff history, I think. If Miami pulls this off, I'm sorry. That is the biggest upset because, number one, 
Miami almost didn't even make the playoffs. They lost their first play-in game, then had to win their second one to even get in as the eighth seed. Miami has not been a good team all year long. Miami has not been good defensively. They've been up and down all season long. Just an average team. Nobody saw this coming. I mean, it's not like people are like, no, you you sleep on Miami. No, no, stop it. It's easy to say that now that they're up 3-1 in the series. I'm sorry, nobody going into this series. Yes, I understand that Giannis missed two games. But in the two games that he missed, well, he missed... He missed two games and three quarters. So they went one and two. Yes, I get that. But they should have won last night. And this tweet from podcaster and former radio host on ESPN, Ryan Rossillo, I couldn't have put it better. Look at This is what Ryan Rossillo said on Twitter last night. Milwaukee has the best player in the series, even though he's only played 49 minutes. They have a better point guard in Drew Holiday over Kyle Lowry. They have a huge size advantage. Five of the best seven players in the series are on Milwaukee's team. They have better depth, and they have better shooting. Milwaukee has to win this game. And then he wrote, all-time respect level for what Miami did tonight. And they did. I mean, the game was going how you would expect it to go. They were down 11 going into the fourth quarter. It looked like it was just going to be like, oh, maybe they make a run and make it close, and then Milwaukee pulls away at the end. But no, they overtake Miami. They overtake Milwaukee, and Milwaukee never recovered. They had no idea and no answer for Jimmy Butler. So all the credit in the world to the Miami Heat. Nobody expected this. But this is a Miami Heat team that was so average during the season, they could easily drop three straight games, and I don't think anybody would be surprised. I think if Giannis is healthy, it could definitely happen because Milwaukee gets two of the next three at home. Obviously, you just take it one game at a time. Milwaukee wins game five. This whole series will come down to game six back in Miami if Milwaukee has got to win that game and send it to a game seven at home, which they can definitely win. But, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Milwaukee. You are the better team by far. Defensively, you were one of the best teams. I think rating-wise, they might have been the best defensive team in the NBA this year. And Miami is scoring on them at will, putting up over 115 a game. It's something ridiculous. All, all you can do is say congratulations to the Miami Heat for the way they've played in this series because it has been nothing that anybody could have predicted. Nobody had Miami even going more than five games in this series. They're like, well, Milwaukee's either going to sweep or win in five. Not even close. Nobody could have predicted this. I can't remember when I was reading the the series odds before this series started. I mean, the series odds were just just for Milwaukee, just for Miami to win the series. You were getting, I think, a hundred dollars won you back a thousand. Could you imagine if you did Milwaukee or Miami in five? Like, if they happen to win next game or Miami in six, I mean, you would have gotten – I don't even remember what they were. I should have kept those. Damn it. Oh, well. Sorry about that. <laughs> but crazy. They are up 3-1 on the Milwaukee Bucks. And, yes, I understand Giannis missed the last three quarters of game one, all of game two, and all of game three. I get it. This series is probably not 3-1 Miami if Giannis never gets hurt. I understand that. 
but you beat them soundly in game two without Giannis. Then you come to Miami and you can't win one of the two. Shocking. Next thing I want to get to is the Laker game last night. A great game. LeBron still continues to amaze. First player since Shaq at his age to put up a 20-20 and in the game. Hit all the key baskets down the stretch. The Lakers got some good play from their reserves because this wasn't a, oh, let's just hand the ball to LeBron and he's going to dominate and score, you know, 35, 40 points. And he didn't. I mean, it was balanced scoring for the Lakers last night as they got, you know, LeBron had 22. Austin Reeves led the team in scoring with 23. Anthony Davis was horseshit until overtime. He almost had half of his points in overtime. He only had 12 points on the game. He was 4 of 13 from the field. He was nowhere to be found last night, and yet they somehow won that game. D'Angelo Russell played well, 17 points, hit three three-pointers in a row uh, when they were down 97-90. He hits three in a row on three straight possessions to put him up 99-97, and that got everybody into it, got the crowd into it. And, you know, they still ended up going to OT, but, man, what a game there at the end. Jared Vanderbilt had 15 points, and, and Dennis Schroeder had 12. So what a game by the Lakers. They're up 3-1 now on Memphis. Ja played, played hurt, but played his ass off, obviously having trouble shooting. He was 8 of 24 from the field. Desmond Bain led them with 34. But Memphis in serious trouble now as a two-seed down 3-1. So you got the two-seed in the West down three games to one with home court, and you've got the number one seed in the East down three games to one with home court. I wonder what the odds are for Milwaukee to win the series. I probably should look at the series prices. Maybe I'll have that for you tomorrow. I wonder what the odds are for Milwaukee to win the series, for Memphis to win the series, and if you picked them both to win the series, what price you could get on that. Because they're not out. They're not dead and buried just yet. Again, the Lakers don't want to have to go back and play a game seven on the road in Memphis. So you either close them out in Memphis or you come home and you close them out in game six because you don't want any part of the pressure of game seven in Memphis to where you could be possibly losing three in a row and losing this series. But, man, two great games last night. Got to love NBA playoffs. And one final thing about LeBron that I want to say, hate him or not, this is a guy in his 20th year at 38 years old doing what he does. Like, it's, I know we take him for granted, and I know some people will never give him credit for anything because they just don't like him. But you have to look at things objectively when you look at what we're witnessing here. What we're witnessing is greatness. This guy's 38 years old, has been in the league 20 years, and has played over 60,000 minutes in his NBA career. And look at what he's doing in a playoff game. It's if you're a sports fan, you you can't let emotions dictate your opinion on somebody. I mean, you can have an opinion on him and be like, oh, I don't like LeBron. Well, but that's you're allowed to not like him, but you have to be objective and say what he's doing is downright amazing. This just says this doesn't happen. Players don't play at the level that he plays at 20 years in at 38 years old. It just doesn't happen. Name me one time it's ever happened 
in the history of the league. You can't. This guy, at the age of 38, 20 years in, averaged 28 points a game this year and like eight rebounds and six assists. You got guys that were top five picks that don't even average that. And here's a guy in year 20 at age 38 doing it with a foot injury that most people thought was going to knock him out for the rest of the year. He's got plantar fasciitis. And two doctors told him, you're done for the year. And he got a third opinion, and somehow they convinced him, I don't know, it's not going to get any worse. He might as well play on it. I don't know. But he's also playing with plantar fasciitis as well, and he's literally still unstoppable out there. Is he peak LeBron? Is he 2016 LeBron? No. But (laughs) he's better than 98% of the league. (laughs) He's 38 in his 20th year. It's incredible. It's incredible what you're watching. I hope you are realizing what you're watching. Tonight, we got three more games. Atlanta, Boston, Minnesota, Denver, Phoenix, Clippers. All three can close out their series tonight. Boston's at home. They should win that game rather handily. Denver's at home. They should win that game rather handily. Kawhi Leonard has already been ruled out for tonight's game. Phoenix should win that game handily. So, These three series should all end tonight. And then you get to Wednesday's lineup, and Lakers got to come back on two days rest and play in Memphis. And then the big game, obviously, the late-night game on Wednesday, Golden State Warriors and Sacramento Kings. And yesterday we find out that De'Aaron Fox fractured the left index finger. That's his shooting hand. And it happened in the fourth quarter of the game the other night. And now he's listed as doubtful, which I hate. Look, I'm a fan of the Warriors. I love watching them play. I predicted them to win this series. And if De'Aaron Fox has to miss the rest of this series, Sacramento's not beating. The reason Sacramento has taken two games and it was close in game four is because of the play of De'Aaron Fox. If he doesn't play, Golden State probably wins the next two games. But I hate that. I want to see these teams at full strength. It would really suck if he doesn't play. He's listed as doubtful for tonight. Maybe he'll try and give it a go. But you've got a fractured index finger on your shooting hand. If he does go tonight, how effective can he be with that? That seems to be very, very tough to play with. And if he does play, there's just no way you can count on him for, you wouldn't think. I wouldn't say no way because Darren Fox is a stud but you wouldn't think there's any way this guy's going to go out and do what he's been doing, putting up 36 points a game, hitting threes, driving to the bucket, pull-up jumpers, floaters in the lane. I just can't imagine he can do that with an avulsion fracture on his left index finger. I just, If he does, all the power to him. But if he doesn't play tonight, Golden State, obviously you don't want to take the foot off the gas. You don't want to, you know take it easy or think like, oh, we got this in the bag, their best player's out, because that's when you get burned. But, man, if he doesn't play tonight or if he doesn't even play the rest of this series, that'll just suck because this has been the best series so far, and it hasn't even been close in terms of versus the other series. I'm not talking about the games haven't been close. Only one of the games wasn't close, and that was game three. But these have been the best games to watch. They've been the closest games in any of these series, and they've been the most entertaining. And now if literally a all-league, all-NBA point guard is not going to play because De'Aaron Fox is either going to be second-team all-NBA 
or third team all NBA. That means he's one of the best 15 players in the league. If he can't play the rest of the series or even in game five in a series tied 2 2, that just sucks. You want the best players out there. What a brutal, brutal postseason this has been. De'Aaron Fox looks to be out tonight. Giannis missed two and three quarters games. Kawhi Leonard's going to miss three games in a row. Ja dealing with his injury. I mean, it's just, you get to the playoffs, you want to see everybody play. You don't want to see people get hurt. Kawhi, you know, like I said, three games in a row. It just, whole thing just sucks. I mean, it's, and, you know, there's this thing of, I kind of talked about it yesterday with Kawhi, but there's constantly injured versus bad luck. What happened to De'Aaron Fox is bad luck. What happened to Giannis is bad luck. Guy went up for a shot, got low bridge, and fell on his back. Giannis is not somebody that season in and season out, you're wondering, man, is this guy ever going to not be hurt? No. Giannis plays his ass off, and he's one of the hardest workers in the league. Kawhi is the one where this is you're dealing with somebody that's constantly injured. And I'm not saying he's not hurt, because clearly if you're in a 1-1 playoff series and you come home and you don't play in games 3-4 and now 5 tonight, He's clearly hurt. I'm not saying he's not, but what I am saying is he's the cornerstone of your franchise and he's never available to you, and it's happening way too often, so what do you do? You can't build around this guy. Have you looked at Kawhi's game statistics over the last five years? In his first six years in the league, Kawhi played 64 games, 58, 66, 64, 72, 74. Then in 2017-2018, he played nine for the Spurs, and that got him in hot water with the front office. They traded him in the offseason to the Toronto Raptors. He played there one season, 60 games, still missed 22 games. Then they trade him, or then he signs as a free agent with the Clippers. In his four years now with the Clippers, 57 games, that's 25 games missed. 52 games, that's 30 games missed. 2021-22, didn't even play because he was injured out the whole year. Missed the whole season in 2021-22. So that's 82 games missed. This year, 52 games again, missed 30, and missed the playoffs. What do you do? He's proven to you. This isn't a small sample size. This is now six years where he has not been able to play more than 60 games in a season. I think the Clippers have a major, major problem on their hands going forward. In the NFL, the Aaron Rodgers trade finally happened. And I'm looking at this trade. I'm like, what were the Packers doing? Are they that desperate to get rid of Aaron Rodgers? Look, he wanted out. Front office didn't want him anymore. They needed to get rid of him. I get it. They were desperate. But holy shit, they got nothing for him. So they send the Jets Aaron Rodgers, their number 15 pick in the draft, and a fifth-round pick in this year's draft. They get in return. They move up from 15 to 13. They get the Jets' 13th pick in this year's draft. The second-round pick of the Jets, the 42nd pick in the draft, a sixth-round pick, number 207, and a conditional pick. For Aaron Rodgers... I know he struggled last year, 26 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Do you know how bad the Jets quarterbacking has been? A Jets quarterback has not thrown 10 or more touchdown passes in a season since 2019. 
the last Jets quarterback to throw 20 touchdown passes or more in a season was Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2015. Aaron Rodgers has eight seasons with 30 or more touchdown passes. The Jets have had one in their franchise history. He is an upgrade. Yes, he's getting older. Yes, he's kind of a diva. He's a drama queen. He's also damn good at quarterbacking. And if you have any thoughts of winning in the NFL, you have to have a very good quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers is still very good. 26 touchdowns last year. And the Packers get... The Packers move up two spots. They basically pick up a second-round pick and a sixth-round pick this year and a conditional next year. That's it? (laughs) Okay. Boy, the Jets fleece them. I'm sorry. They absolutely fleece them in that trade. That's what took so long to put together. Because remember, this has been talked about for a month, and the side just couldn't agree on anything. It just seems like maybe Green Bay was just tired and it was like, yeah, you know what? Let's just, it's like the Bachelor contestants that the producers deprive them of food and sleep until they give them the soundbite that they want. It just seems like Green Bay was at the end of the night and they're like, look, we just want to go to bed. Can we just get this deal done? Because they got shit for him. You move up two spots, you get a, the 42nd pick and the 207th pick in the draft for Aaron Rodgers. Holy shit. And I want to end with this. I talked about him at the end of last year, and I said it then, and I'll say it again. If Shohei Otani was playing for any other team than the Angels, well, I shouldn't say any other team. Obviously, if he was playing for the Royals or the A's, nobody would still give a shit. But I'm talking about if he played for the Yankees, the Cubs, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Padres, or the Cardinals, he would be on the front page of every single sports story in baseball every single day. Have you seen what he's done this year? So, okay, you know, he's he's 3 and 0 with a point What is he at? Oh, he's at a point 0.82 ERA. That's good. I mean, I mean it's great, obviously. He's had 5 starts. And one of his starts after 2 innings there was a rain delay in Boston, so the rain delay lasted too long, he didn't come out for the third inning. So he basically, and he pitched two innings, gave up, you know, somehow gave up a run. Didn't give up any hits, but he gave up a run. So let's just take a look at his other four starts. In his other four starts, where he's 3-0, and six innings pitched, two hits, no runs. Six innings pitched, three hits, one run. Seven innings pitched, one hit, no runs. Seven innings pitched, two hits, no runs. Shohei Otani has pitched 28 innings this year. He's given up eight hits. (laughs) Eight hits. Not runs. He's only given up two runs in 28 innings. Eight hits. (laughs) He's walked more people than he's given up hits. (laughs) He has 15 walks in 28 innings. Probably the only thing he's doing poorly this year is his strikeout to walk ratio is only about two and a half to one he's got 38 strikeouts in 28 innings 15 walks eight hits given up in 28 innings that's unheard of he's got 13 rbis on the season he's got more rbis than hits given up that's absurd (laughs) and look yeah i know it's a small sample size it's april 
He's only had five starts, four of, uh, you know, and one of them he only got through two innings because of a rain delay. But these numbers are ridiculous. And this is a guy who also plays every day and bats. Off to a slow start or an average start. Five home runs, 13 RBIs, hitting 266. But when you have five starts this year and you've never given up more than three hits in a start, not runs, hits, and you've had two starts where you've given up two hits and one start where you've given up one hit and one start with three hits, I just... It's it's un, it's kind of like when I you know I say when you're watching LeBron, appreciate what you're watching because you're watching greatness whether you want to admit it or not. What the Angels have is greatness, and I know this is hyperbole, but there's no point. I mean, when they vote for the MVP at the end of the baseball season, it's you know the most valuable player, and it's always gone by statistics. Shohei Otani is the best player in baseball, period, because no one else is doing what he's doing. He's pitching to sub-two ERAs for a season. He's got a, he's got a, a, a strikeouts per nine innings in the 12 and 13 range. And he's also hitting 30 to 40 bombs a season and driving in 100 runs. Like, that's unheard of. It's never happened before. But yet, he's not going to win the MVP every year or the Cy Young every year although he's probably going to win the Cy Young this year based on this start. I did not know that until I looked at his stats. I knew he was doing good because I saw the other day it said Shohei Otane moves to 3-0, and ERA under 1. I'm like, what are his stats on the year? And then I looked at that. 28 innings pitched, 8 hits, 2 earned runs, 38 strikeouts. And you know what? Nobody cares. I don't want to say nobody. I'm sure if you live in Southern California, you do. But Angel fans, having lived in Southern California, had been to many Angel games in my life over the years. Those people are just going there uh, to sightsee. They're not diehards. They don't care. Their team's sucked ever since Otani has been on the team. And as great as Otani is, they've never had a over 500 record since he's been on the team. So it's like, how much can they really care? He draws... But if he was on the New York Yankees doing this, if he was on the Dodgers doing this, if he was on the Cubs, Cardinals, Red Sox, well, first off, I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to be on one of those teams because the Angels are going to continue to stink and he's not going to want to play there anymore. And the Angels can't afford to lose this guy for nothing. So they're going to have to trade him and just get a bunch of players and a bunch of minor leaguers back in return. He's going to be on one of the big market teams coming up either during the middle of this year or in this offseason. So get ready for it because it's coming. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. Much appreciated. We'll be back tomorrow with yet another Sports Daily. Remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.